This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been doing a series. Um, after, after tonight, I've got, uh, we're going to start doing something a little different. We're going to, I'm going to have some, some of our really seasoned leaders here in the church stay after service, and they'll be hanging out here around the front. And if you have questions about the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit, I'm going to have some people down here in the front. I've got people like Billy Hunt, who's a marvelous teacher. I've got uh, Janet Hestelow, who heads up our prayer ministry. I've got John Fernandez, who's been with us 20-some years, does a lot of work here. I I think Joy will be staying. Uh, Derek Thompson, his wife, Gia. Some good seasoned folks. So after every service, until until we complete this, if you'd like to know more, if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, if you'd like to know more about that, maybe you have questions, we just got people, we have answers. We'd be glad to talk to you. So that'll be after the service. Okay? Ready to go? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. And Lord, we thank you for your anointing that makes clarity, that breaks yokes, that strengthens us and helps us. And tonight, Lord, we just ask that we would learn, that we would grow, that we would develop, that we would leave here different than how we came in. And we'll give you all the praise for that. Our hearts are ready. We are prepared to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. And John, the 14th chapter, has been our text scripture. I will pray the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, tell me him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Talks about the Holy Spirit, refers to him as a him. Never refer to the Holy Spirit as, a, as an it. The Holy Spirit is a him. It's divine, divine personality. We, we, I'm not going to recap tonight because, again, I want to cover some ground. But the Holy Spirit's involvement in our lives today. Last week we talked about he does help us by offering guidance. But let me, let me jump to my other. He also helps us by telling us about the future. Well, this is real key. Insight into the future is a huge help. And the value of, of being prepared. The Holy Spirit warned Paul regarding what was coming his way. Um, in John, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of himself, but what he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will show you things to come. Now, again, don't put yourself in a category where this doesn't apply to you. This applies to all believers. And he can give you just a witness. Joy and I have have talked about the fact that we have not lost a loved one, a relative, without having a sense of it, knowing it ahead of time. We've had, you know, the Holy Spirit alert us to things that we've known ahead of time that that were coming. And so the fact that he he could reveal to us things to come. Now again, we're not talking about being psychic. This is not a psychic. This is the Holy Spirit who knows all things witnessing to our heart. And sometimes you just You'll pick up, in fact, many of you have probably already sensed things before, and you might have looked at someone and said, you know, I knew that was going to happen. You know, I, I knew that was going to happen. I, I, had a, I had a, sometimes we call it a hunch, but it's an inward witness. It's an inward knowing. And it's, boy, it, boy it's valuable. I, uh, I was in Lakewood, sitting in Lakewood one day. We had just gotten out of Bible school. I was helping Joy. We were doing some things, helping other places in the ministry. And as we were just sitting in, in a service and that they were going to contact me to be the, uh, the next singles pastor. 
And it was a volunteer position. Joy and I did it for a number of years. But I, I knew it was coming before it came. And again, that's not me being, ooh, just nothing weird. Like I, didn't, I, I didn't pick up a vibe. Ooh. It just, it, it was an inward knowing. I just knew it. Joy said we were sitting in church one day. And uh, there was a, a gentleman in the church at Lakewood who was a real blessing to us. And they had announced that, uh, that he, was, he was sick. No, I'm sorry, they didn't announce he was sick. Joy just looked over there and saw him and knew that he was, he was going to go home soon. And she told me, she said, he, his name was um, Brother Dearman, a real sweet guy. She said, he's going home soon. So there, there are things you could have known about uh, loved ones, known about her father. You've heard me tell the story about Joy knowing about her dad. And so, man, the Holy Spirit, he's such a help here. And if you pray, spend some time in prayer, you'll start to kind of pick up a sense of what's taking place and what's happening. And that's, boy, that, is that helpful. Let me show you an example in the Bible where Paul knew something was coming. Acts 27, verses 9 and 10. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo but, and ship, but also of our lives. Paul was talking about he was on a boat going to Rome, and he was a prisoner, but he said, I perceive that this is going to be a bad, we could die. And, and they didn't listen to it, and they went anyway. And if you know this story, this isn't the last part of the book of Acts. Man, they hit a horrible storm, and were in it for weeks, and it just drove them around, and they were throwing food over, and people weren't eating. It was just a, it was a horrible time. And it, thank God in the middle of that, an angel appears to Paul and said, um, be of good cheer, Paul, which is something really good to hear if you're in the middle of a storm. He said, be of good cheer, Paul. He said, for God has granted you all that say. So you've got you to go to Rome, and God has granted you all that sail with you. And there's a whole lesson in that of... Probably there are relatives and loved ones in your life that have been spared because you are in their life and praying for them. But everyone on the boat with Paul got spared, and uh, they, they came through it. So that's a, that's a whole other message, but Paul knew he, he perceived something, he said, ahead of time. So the Holy Spirit warned him. Here's another example where the Holy Spirit warned him. Again, this is in Acts. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to skip over that. Yeah, let me go. Let me, let me back up. Guys, I, I, I'll jump ahead. Back up to Acts 20, 22, and 23. I'm jumping around on you, but you're a sharp group. He said, they are a sharp group. They, they, our production team does a great job. And see, now, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. So he's saying that Paul is saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's letting me know I got trouble coming. Those aren't always the best things to get, to get a, a heads up on. But the Holy Spirit will give you a heads up on things. Joy's, um, I, need, I need to go ahead and tell this story. Joy's dad, uh, stepfather, uh, came into her life when she's about seven years old. He was a great guy. Dead ringer for John Wayne. Big tall guy. He used to get stopped in airports because he looked like John Wayne. And uh, he was, he was a um, vice a detective in Miami, Florida. Not Miami vice. <laughs> he was old school. 
But uh, he always held joy off on, on, on receiving Christ. He just like, no, no, wasn't, wasn't his thing. He would come, he was very respectful, but he always held her off. He, he, uh, he was with us for Christmas. This was before the ark had started, and we were at another church for a Christmas Eve service. And Joy, Joy turned and lit. They were lighting candles and back and forth like we used to do pre-COVID and uh, pre-chairs. And um, <laughs> we, uh, we, she turned, and as she lit her, her stepfather's candle, the Holy Spirit spoke a scripture to her. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. And she knew in her heart that he was going to die. We didn't know anything at that time. She, she knew he was going. What puzzled her was the death of one of his saints. Because he wasn't a saint at that time. Saint is a believer. And so it wasn't but a few weeks later that they sat down with us and over the kitchen table and broke the news that he had cancer. And he, he thought he had six months to a year to live. He got it from the table, and Joy's mom looked at us and went, not that long. And so Joy realized we had a short time. So he stayed with us some of, some of the time, and Joy was sick, and he was sick. And he was on the couch one day. And Joy walked over to him and said, uh, said Dad, I want, you to, I want you to pray for me. He said, you pray for me, Joy. That was always his thing. He said... He said, you pray for me, Joy. And she said, no. She said, you need to pray. And uh, he looked at her. He said, okay, just this once. You're like, okay. Once is all it takes. And he bowed his head, and she led him in the prayer that very similar to what we pray here all the time. And uh, he made Jesus his Lord. His, his whole countenance changed. And when they brought in a priest to do last rites, family was Catholic, brought in a priest to do last rites. The priest said, I've never seen a man more peacefully. He died about three weeks later. But the Holy Spirit let Joy know, A, he was going, and B, he's going to heaven. And that's, well, what a blessing. And so it, it prepared. So when, the, when, the, when you talk about the Holy Spirit showing you things to come, I, I wouldn't be praying about the lottery. But if you do win, <laughs> bring all the tithe into the storehouse. <laughs> he will show you things to come, but usually you're finding it's things that pertain to your life and things that, that will help you. He'll show you the future. He helps us by teaching us. The Holy Spirit's involvement in our life is he helps us by teaching us. John 14, 26. But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he reveals to us the mind of Christ and the will of God. He reveals or unveils or uncovers truth. He reveals God's word and God's plan for our lives. This is one of the most marvelous things. It's not, it's not typically like a bolt out of the blue, but it, you'll find that it, especially as you spend some fellowship time, read your Bible and pray if, if you'll do that, you begin to find that you begin to see things begin to unfold to you. And the Holy Spirit will begin to help you. This is why I encourage people, don't ever say, I can't understand the Bible. Now, I've, I think everyone said it at, at certain times. I don't understand the Bible. I can't understand the Bible. And oftentimes, people will do that, and then they'll stop reading it. Because they bought into the idea that they can't understand it. 
The Bible is spiritually discerned. And so the Holy Spirit can actually help you understand the Bible, but you gotta, you gotta, he, he will help you. He won't do it for you. So in other words, you're going to have to pick it up and read it. But if you will, and if you'll do it with some expectation, he'll begin to show you things. Have you ever read the Bible or just been reading along and all of a sudden it seems like a verse just jumps off the page at you? And you're like, whoa, what was that? Well, that was not your brilliance. That was the Holy Spirit helping you and revealing something to you. And here's the interesting thing. You can go back and read the same passage again and again and again, and you can, begin, you can get different things every time. He can begin to teach you. And the idea when he begins to teach you is don't go, I am, I'm incredible. It's, you've got help. You've got a teacher. And he began to teach you, and he can begin to unveil. He'll unveil God's word to you. He'll also unveil God's plan for you. I'm going to need to hit this. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. But as it's written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now stop right there. Leave it up on the screen, please. I've heard people read that, that passage right there and stop. And they'll go, I has not seen. Ear has not heard. It hasn't entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared. You've got to read the rest. You can't just stop right there. He says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. I mean, the Holy Spirit knows everything about the Bible. And everything about you. And everything about everything. It's like, really? Yes, everything about everything. I mean, you know you can't stump him. You know, like, okay, I got one. Even the Holy Spirit can't answer. No, no, no. doesn't work that way. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received. If you've been born again, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Right? Right? Y'all can just nod your head or grunt or do something. Okay that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We've been given the Spirit of God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This is good news. This, this says, hey, God has given us His Spirit, who knows all things, and He reveals things to us. So here's the key. The key is stay with it. The key is if you start reading your Bible, listen, I have read chapters and, and closed to my Bible and said, I have no idea what I just read. So you're a pastor. I wouldn't even admit that if I were you. It's true. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go back and read it again. You know, you can read Bible 365 more than once. And now I'll read it again. Or I read it, and there's sometimes I've read chapters and I'm just like, whew, I don't feel like I got much out of that. Am I the only one that's ever happened to? But here's the have you ever eaten a meal and thought, that wasn't that good? <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to eat anymore. I'm just tired of eating. I, that meal was not good. I refuse to eat anymore. 
We're going to be carting you off somewhere. Because that, you go, Alan, that's, that, that's stupid. But yet people do it with the scriptures all the time. They read and they say, well, I don't understand this. And then me says, well, you're not very spiritual. You're never going to understand it. And they go, yeah, I never was spiritual. I guess I'm not. And you, we, we just absolutely put barriers on ourselves with our own words. So instead of doing that, next time you sit down and read the Bible, it goes, Lord, I want to thank you that the Holy Spirit lives in me and he is showing me things. Instead of reading your Bible like it's a duty, then you begin to read your Bible expecting to get something. I can sense the lack of enthusiasm in the room, but, but I, I, want to, I want to stay here for a bit because you say, Alan, you're, you're always big on this. Why? Because God's word is what strengthens us. God's word is what feeds us. God's word is what gives us insight. Listen, you can be reading the Bible and just all of a sudden have insight into a problem that you're having at work. And you're like, oh, God knows everything. And he can, he, can, he, can, he can clue you in. It's like, Lord, I'm trying. I am really trying. <laughs> but the reason I, I'm saying these things is so much of the time I listen to people and they're just like, I can't read the Bible. I can't understand the Bible. I don't get it. I don't get it. What if you twisted that and took a different? Listen. You wouldn't let your child do that about school. If your child comes in and goes, I don't like school, I'm not going anymore. <laughs> you go, you're in the fourth grade, you're going to continue to go to school. And they go, what? No. If they came to you and said, I'm stupid, I can't learn, I hope you don't look at your child and go, yeah, you take after your mom, you're a little stupid. <laughs> How many of you know if, if your child, who you recognize needs to learn, begins to talk up like that, you're going to help them go, no, no, no. You can learn. You're smart. They come in going, I'm stupid. I can't learn anything. I, I think more people are, are, are stopped by negative expectations than are stopped by actual IQ problems. If, if your child ever comes and tells you, I can't learn, you tell them, let me tell you something. The life of God is in you. And God's life in you can impact your intelligence. And, and listen, in, in John, first chapter of John, it says, in him was light, and that was life, and that life was the light of men. One of the things we ought to say is, thank God the life of God is in me. If you're a believer, the life of God is in me. And because the life of God is in me, I could learn anything I need to learn. I'm sharp. I am not stupid. Some of you called yourself dumb and stupid and I can't learn and I never did well in school and I, yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't have to determine your future. And it certainly doesn't have to determine your spiritual destiny. Don't throw this away. Just hang on to it. Because it'll help you. And... You have a helper. The Holy Spirit is a marvelous teacher. And you can learn. And so just hang on to that thought. Man, it's y'all's fault that I'm not even halfway through my notes. 
I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll circle back around to this. I'll hit it from another direction. But let, let me go on to something else. <laughs> Maybe you'll like this better. <laughs> I, I want to talk about also the fact that the Holy Spirit will help you develop godly character. <laughs> so, oh, I like this. Okay, well, let's, let's go this way. <laughs> uh, Galatians, fifth chapter. Galatians chapter five. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Paul was writing to the Galatians. He's, he's contrasting the works of the flesh, and he goes into those, and then he, he begins to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Now listen, scholars can't agree if this is referring to the Holy Spirit, the fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit, or it's fruit that comes from our born-again, recreated human spirit. I can make a case for both that we're to develop in these, in these qualities, these are Christ-like qualities, that we, we can develop in them, but the Holy Spirit will help us. So he's not going to lead us apart from love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance, self-control. So he'll help in this area. And so here's, here's, another, here's another area. Now, the reason I want to talk about these is these are areas that we can develop in and grow in. So I'll give you definitions, and we'll talk about growing in. If we don't know that they're there, and if we don't know that we can grow in them, we, we won't pay much attention to them. And, and we have to, spiritual growth is intentional. It's just like, it's very similar to physical development. And so if you begin to focus on them, you begin to recognize what they are, you begin to go, you know, I can, and the Lord can help me, I can develop in that. And so these are spiritual qualities. These are not qualities that someone else got. These are qualities that you have the capacity to grow and develop in. But once again, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to remind you, you can't look at those and go, not for me. <laughs> You've got to take those and go, thank God I have this capacity. I can develop in these things. And we have the Holy Spirit who can help us. The love of God. First one. Love of God defined as the God kind of love, the kind of love that God displayed towards man. It's an action. It's a willful direction. It's not always accompanied by feelings. It does what's best, not necessarily what someone wants. And we can see the Holy Spirit's help in guiding us into love. How I many know the God kind of love? We have, we have associated love so much with feelings that we think, okay, if I don't feel loving towards someone, then I'm just not going to love them. I'm not going to walk. Love is an action. Love is a choice. Love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. Because I want to tell you something. Sometimes you have feelings and sometimes you don't. And I realize this, this kind of blows this, well, we just don't feel the same way towards one another. It's still a decision. I just, you know, we, we fell out of love. You really never fell in. You made a choice. And so you can choose to walk in love towards people even when you don't feel like it. This makes sense tonight or I'm just, am I just wasting time? I, I, I just, I feel, I, I feel like you guys got the brakes on me. I need you to take your foot off the brake and go with me here because I, I this, this is real key. Listen, we spend a lot of money and a lot of time doing everything we can to be physically attractive. 
just work with me on this one, okay? So we, if, if we, we go to the gym, we get our hair done, we try to get our teeth, I mean, we're all, no one, no one looks, no one looks at you twice if you went, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back in the gym, I'm going to lose a few pounds. No one goes, oh, what a stupid idea. Why would you want to look any better? If you have friends like that, do not trust them. Some of you ladies, when you get your hair cut, watch out for the friend that goes, it looks awesome. No, it looks bad, and she wants you to look bad. That's not the friend you need. But if you said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going I'm to get back in shape, I'm gonna do, we don't think twice about that. We spend money, we spend a lot of time. Why can't we spend time developing the things in our life that make us spiritually attractive? But we have to be just as intentional. If you go, man, I'm, I need to lose weight. What are you going to do? I'm not planning on doing anything. Are you going to exercise? No. Diet? No. You, you look at your friend and go, that, bro, that is not going to work for you. You're going to have to do something intentional. How many, well, how many of you know once you reach a certain age, you better be incredibly intentional because things begin to shift and move in directions that you don't want them going in. It's like everything used to go in the right direction. Now it starts to shift and go in the other direction. You're like, hey, hey, time. Whoa. So you have to be, and the older you get, I, I got bad news for you guys. The, the older you get, the more intentional you better become. Or we're going to see you in a few years, and you're just going to be like a blob. You're like, what did you do? Nothing. Spiritually, I think sometimes we, we get born again, and we just we think that like one day it's just going to click. One day we're going to become super Christian. One day God's going to look down and go, oh, they're trying. Bless their heart, they are trying. I'm just going to give some, some anointing poof dust. And they're going to be a lot better off. We have to be intentional. Here, here's the thing. Joy and I talk about how bad our marriage was. You, you know what solved our marriage problems? You're like, when you got your head on straight, Alan? No, that helped. What solved our marriage problems is when we learned to grow in the God kind of love, which is a decision it's a willful action. It's not a feeling. Did I lose you? You say, well, do the feelings ever come back? Let me tell you something. You start walking in the God kind of love, you have wonderful feelings. And when there's not strife and division and tension in the home, feelings have an opportunity to flourish. And they can do well. Joy and I have a wonderful time. Our kids were so surprised when we were so glad when they left the home. People were like, oh, your kids are gone. We're like, yeah, they're gone. Goodbye. But if, if that had happened earlier, no. We had to learn to walk in love. And we had to make a decision. The God kind of love. 
the joy. You know the Holy Spirit is full of joy. He is not depressed. He's not down. He doesn't have bad days. And he won't lead you into bad days. In fact, what he can help you do is he can help you begin to develop the joy that comes not from having outward situations working well. It comes from having an inward condition, an inward belief. In Romans 15, 13, have you got that? Have you guys got that? I mean, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The one thing I see more and more is I see the Holy Spirit's involvement with our lives. And as we'll work with him and yield to him, he can help us in so many areas. He can help us with the love of God, which, by the way, was Jesus' commandment. This is my commandment that you love one another, as I've loved you. That's the New Testament commandment. He can help us with the joy of the Lord. He said, well, I'm just not a happy person. It, it doesn't matter if you're a happy person or I'm genetically just disposed, I'm genetically, you know, disposed. Thank you. <laughs> disposed. I need help. You need to stay there, okay, and just work with me. I disposed to be negative. I've, I've heard people say, you know, you're negative based on your genetics, which, come on, if you buy into that, You'll never have the joy of the Lord. And so we can have joy regardless of when. Well, my whole family's negative. I've been around negative people. We're just negative. Negative family, we're just negative. No one's happy. Everyone's down. We're all down. All of us down. Everybody's bipolar. We're all down. That's the way it works. That's the way it's going to be. If you determine it's going to be that way, what if you decided, I am tired of it being that way, and if anyone's going to walk in the joy of the Lord, I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord, and the, and the Holy Spirit's going to help me because... Because you talk about somebody better to live with, take it from someone who used to be depressed a lot. And now don't have, I don't have depressed days. I haven't had a depressed day in a long time. I've had some wonderful opportunities <laughs> and passed. And you can too. Will you stay with me? I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump into this next week. I'll, I'll be nicer. I'll be, I'll be kinder. But these are, these are some things that need to click with us. And they, they, need, they need to register. I feel like way too many people sell themselves and God way too short. And you don't have to do that. The Lord can help you. And he can, listen, he helped me. From someone who, was, who just had moods and bad moods and depression and my my kids would come in and like, oh, dad's in a bad mood. And man, they, they avoided me. And it was bad. And maybe you've never had that. If you haven't had that, praise God. But I can tell you this. Having had it and not having it anymore is a wonderful thing. And I can't, it's not like I have this incredible willpower or I'm this awesome person. Thank God I had help. And the Holy Spirit helped me become someone who for the most part Pretty joyful. Pretty joyful. I'm, I'm not Pollyanna. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty joyful. And if you say, well, uh, I'm, I'm good in all those areas, Ellen. Well, let me ask your spouse. <laughs> and if you wonder, if you look down that list and go, man, I'm doing pretty good. 
Ask the people that know you best and say, what's, it's a tough question. Say, what's the area I need to grow in? Next week we'll talk about that and we'll talk about growing. Mother's Day is coming up. Bow your heads with me just for a second. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for, for the ones that came that listened so well. Thank you. Your heart is to help and your heart is freedom and your heart is strength. Father, your heart is that your people would experience your best. And it's available. And we've been given your spirit to help us with it. So, Father, we thank you for that. We give you all the praise for that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know that. He knows it. And I, I, but I'd like to have that. Or you're, just, you're, you're not sure. You're just uncertain. Not sure. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I, I, used to, I used to walk with the Lord. I used to have a relationship with him and I got away from him. We're going to pray. And if that's you and you're saying, I don't want to be that way. I want to come back. I, I want a relationship with God or I want to be sure. Would you pray for me? We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but we are going to pray. And if you want in on that prayer, would you slip your hand up across the auditorium and say, Alan, that's me that you're talking to. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, got you. Gotcha. Thanks. Appreciate that. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. You may not have lifted your hand and you wanted to. You can still jump in on this. We're going to pray it together. Pray it out loud. Pray so you can hear it if you're watching online and you're by yourself. Pray with us out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that, for those that have prayed online. Father, we're grateful for that. Thank you for this time. We appreciate it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.